Hey guys, Gordon here. I just want to take a second and thank you for downloading our episode, listening to our episodes, sharing our episodes, tagging us on social media and helping us grow our mission. It means everything to me. And from here uh, to continue growing where we're at, please consider throwing us a small donation just to help grow the mission, support the team, support the infrastructure and continue to build the Permafit name. Thank you all so much. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. What is up, guys, and welcome to the Strength of Body and Mind podcast. My name is Gordon. I'm going to be your host, and this is episode number 35. Now, this episode is going to be a little bit unique amongst the episodes to date because it is going to have our very first guest. Now, when I started this podcast, I did not intend on having a lot of guests. Some, yes. When it's appropriate, sure, right? And the right ones, of course, the ones that I think align with what the Strength of Body and Mind podcast and brand is all about, which if you're new and you're not sure what that is, I encourage you to go back and listen to episodes zero, one, and two. They kind of outline all that, but the quick uh, summary is this. Strength of Body and Mind and Sobam Gear Company and that whole brand, that was built upon one core pillar of belief, and that is that the mind and body are connected in ways that most people don't even give enough thought into trying to understand, let alone actually understand. And it's a uh, extremely misunderstudied and of course misunderstood concept, uh, but it's real. It's real. And that's what the point of this is, is to try and educate people and like spread awareness, make people aware that there is a mind-body connection. And it, 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 from a practical standpoint, what it looks like is when you change the mindset, when you frame the mindset in a way that puts you in a, in a mental place that maps to your goals, then your, your body kind of follows suit one step at a time. And with every single step that you take, that mental uh, mindset, that mental strength component just gets stronger and stronger. The confidence gets stronger and stronger the self-belief, the self-worth, everything that is required from the mental standpoint just gets stronger and better and clearer. And it continues in a cyclical way to persuade and suggest and promote the body to do what it needs to do, which in turn promotes and strengthens and persuades everything that needs to be done on the mental side. And then you have this endless cycle and it's real and I've experienced it and I've seen other people experience it. And the guests that we're going to have today talks about how he has also seen it and he has also experienced it. Now, this guest that we're going to be talking to, his name is Dan Holguin. Now, Dan is someone that I met in a mastermind that I'm a part of, that he's also a part of. And we met through there and we got to talking months ago. And at the time of recording this, I'll have known Dan for about seven months. So who is Dan? Well, Dan's a fitness coach from Montana and he runs a an online training platform. And I'm excited to talk about that with him on this recording and expose that information to you because I think most people don't understand 
what an online fitness training platform is. So, uh, you know, that alone, I think, is worth listening to this episode. But he runs an online training platform. It's an academy. He calls it the High Performance Health Academy, right? It's an online school, and it's dedicated to helping high achievers, what he calls high achievers, master their bodies so they can leave their biggest impact on the world. I think that message is so cool, and he has been extremely successful in doing that. Um, collectively, he's led all of his students in the High Performance Academy to lose over a ton of weight, literally over a ton of weight, and that's 2,000 pounds. And he's done that in just four years. So Dan is truly skilled and in, in a lot of ways what I consider a master of transformations. I mean, that's a lot of weight. Uh, he's also won the four-time Fitness Coach of the Year award in his native state of Montana. Uh, he is a speaker. He's spoken at workshops. He's held workshops. He's uh, spoken at conferences around the world. And the main thing that he does speak about and the main thing that he does talk to and teach to is the mindset shift behind transformations. Uh, he also hosts his own podcast. And the name of that podcast is the High Performance Health Podcast. I recommend you go check it out. The link to that will, of course, be in the show notes as well as other ways to contact Dan. Um, some other things worth noting now that we don't get into in the podcast is that he's been featured on several major media outlets, okay, NBC, MTV, the Discovery Channel. And then lastly, Dan was an American Ninja Warrior, right? A lot of people, including myself, when I first meet Dan, when they first hear Dan talk, yes, he sounds inspirational. Yes, he sounds motivational. Yes, he sounds powerful, like he has a really powerful way of communicating, but that American Ninja Warrior thing, like that just, compl- I don't watch the show a lot and I don't pay attention to the American Ninja Warrior brand, but he was on there and he talks a little bit about that. Uh, but I recommend if you're really curious about that, you go and you watch some of the YouTube clips about that, or you go and you research what is uh, what he looked like while he was training for it and how he performed in the American Ninja Warrior. But anyways, you know, all that stuff aside, he's just a really great dude and he really understands his stuff. And when you listen to him talk, he's not going to sound like your typical run of the mill personal trainer because that's not what he is. He's a fitness coach, right? He's also a mindset coach. And we get into the differences between coaching and training, what a coach is and what a trainer is because they are very different. And I, I just, I think there's a ton of awesome stuff to take away here. Uh, so if you are uh, either in a situation where you're looking for a coach or you're in a situation where you're not sure how to begin your transformation or maybe you're halfway through or maybe you are just like kind of like concluding i guess a transformation you've already experienced the entire um the entire like a to b movement of going from you know the starting point a to like quote unquote the finish point b through a transformation you know there's a lot to take away from this episode um, so anyway, also, if you have anyone in your life that needs to hear these words, of course, share this with them, tag them in social media, point them to the podcast. Uh, you know, it's available on every major platform, just point them to it and have them go find it, listen to it. And with that guys, let's just get right into it. Okay. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Dan Holguin. Welcome back. I've got my main man, Dan Holdwin here. Now, Dan, like you heard in the intro, is someone that I actually met through one of the paid masterminds that I'm a part of. 
and I've gotten to know him a little bit, but uh, this is an opportunity that I got to say for selfish reasons, I wanted to have him on. This is an opportunity for me as well as you to get to know Dan Holguin a little bit more, uh, not just his training and fitness experience, but also, you know, what's behind the shell a little bit, what's deeper as you peel back some layers, find out a little bit more about what makes him tick, what makes him him really. So, uh, Dan, man, man, welcome to the show. And, um, you know, we, we did talk a little bit ahead of time, but I didn't really get to ask you, man, how the hell are you doing today? I'm doing so good, man. And I just want to say, Gordon, right off the bat, man, thank you for allowing me to come on today. I think that you had mentioned that I'm the first guest. You are the first I'm guest. The first. Yeah, first guest. Man, I feel so special. I appreciate you for having me on, man. It means a lot to me. It really does. I appreciate you being here. And honestly, just so you know, the Strength of Body and Mind podcast was never intended to be a guest-based or co-host-based or interview-based podcast. Really? So, yeah, no. It, but um, it just, you know, it felt right, honestly. Um, I picked up your vibe in that one that one call. I think you know what I'm talking about. I probably I don't yes. know if I mentioned the call. But uh and then I went on to follow you a little bit and, you know, we started talking and uh, it just it felt like the right move. So, well, shoot, man, no pressure, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, no, so but, I'm excited to have else. you here. Um, and, uh, and, but, you know, I, I guess uh, the right way to do this is why don't you uh, dive in a little bit about who you are, you know, tell everybody who you are and, and, and you know, what you do. Definitely. Well, um, I want to honor that that uh, that I've been the first one on here as a guest, and so um, I'm committed to to you, and I'm committed to the listeners right now to really just make this a really insightful podcast. I really want you to be able to walk away, the listeners to be able to walk away with some tangible things that they can put into action right away to start regaining control of their health, regaining control of their mindset, because um, what I'm about to share with you is what I wish that I had going through my struggle. So I'm committed to this. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. I'm, I'm excited now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give you everything in this episode, man. That's great. Dude. That's great. All right. Well, let's jump right in, man. So let me take you back. I'm going to take you back. We're going to go back to 2013. I'm going to take you back to October of 2013. I'm working in a job that I hate, construction. And it was five years before during the recession back in 2008 that my business as a personal trainer had failed, failed miserably. And deep down, I feel um, helpless to change my life. I go to my friend Coach's house and I call him Coach because you know, he's my football coach, but more so he's my mentor, he's my father figure and my best friend. And his truck is out front and the shades are drawn, but he's not answering. And so something doesn't seem right. So like every episode of Cops you've ever seen, dude, I just like <laughs> kicked the door in with everything that I had. It felt really good, by the way. <laughs> and I go in the front door and I finally find Coach lying in bed under the covers. And so in that moment, like, my anxiety was at an all-time high. Uh, I really wasn't, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. And so when I finally found him, um, I pulled back the covers to wake him up. I thought something bad had happened. And my best friend is dead. He's dead? And it was just, and this is, this is the truth, it was five days before that we had just got back from a rodeo here in Montana. You know, I live in Montana in a rodeo. Shocking. He drove us home 
and he pulled everybody out of the truck. He's like, everybody get out. It was me, my daughter, his daughter, my fiance. And he told all of us to huddle up and he put his arms around me. He put his arm around my kid and he's like, we're family now. And he kissed me on the forehead, (laughs) kissed my daughter on the forehead. And that was it. He said, we're family now. So coach's death um, sends me into this deep depression and triggers the worst, worst six months of my life. I lose my job shortly after my fiance and I split. I move back in with my mom. I slowly gain 30 pounds and my truck is totaled in a collision. No joke. Like, I I know. Tell me about it. Like I was living a damn old country song. Like everything that could have happened, (laughs) it happened to me in six months, man. And then to top all that off, Gordon, I rack up like forty k in credit card debt, trying to to buy back my happiness. Like forty k, forty k, man. I would. I was going out to to fancy dinners around town three, four nights a week, ordering the most expensive thing off of the menu just to feel like a somebody. I would be going on trips to to California and the best part of it was being on the plane because for me it felt like I was going somewhere. I was doing something. But when I would get there I would still be in the same place. I would be unhappy. So it was a tough place to be, man. And during this time I just feel lost. I feel alone. I don't care if I live or die and and that's a story for another time. And I have no clue to how to even begin regaining control over my mindset and my motivation. But then, then one day I get a call from my friend Ryan and he says he knows someone looking to work with the fitness coach. Now, remember, I haven't had a client in years and I'm 30, I'm 30 pounds overweight, Gordon, but the call feels like a lifeline. And while my head is saying I can't, this voice in my heart says go for it. And I do. It was the best decision I ever made, man. And it was that same day that I found the motivation to start running again, to get in better shape. And a few days later, I was coaching my new clients. Oh, that's amazing. What what, oh, uh, what what timetable are we at here? So, you know, how many how much time has passed since since coach and and that whole thing and forty k of debt to your friend Ryan calling? Six months. Okay. To the day. Oh wow. Six months. Yeah. So all of that happened in six months time. And I got the call from Ryan while I was at my mom's house and, uh, I was downstairs and I remember getting that phone call and every bit of nerves that I had, every bit of fear and anxiety and doubt and disbelief and lacking self-worth. It all came, it all came to the surface on that phone call. But it was like, if I didn't do something now, then I was just going to keep repeating the same patterns over and over. And if you're listening right now and you're nodding your head, as I say, repeating the same patterns over and over and you get a moment like that, where there's like this shimmer of hope, don't listen to the voice in your head. Listen to that, that little voice in your heart that's telling you to go for it because that's your cue. That's the move (laughs) that you've got to act on right then. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful, man. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's great. So you started training this one client. This was an in-person training, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So yeah. It's local to you. Okay. Yeah, and it was only a few days after I got that phone call that that happened. Okay. So okay. 
Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. So you, so you're sitting here. You're now you're thirty, you're 30 pounds overweight, and yeah, man. I, I guess did that kick off like becoming a trainer full time again? That was not the intention, <laughs> but that's what it turned into. Okay. Um, because what had happened, man, is you remember I'm I'm overweight. I'm living at my mom's. I'm a I'm a wreck. However that was what catapulted me into starting to begin my own transformation. And so with every single day that I was making steps in the right direction to, to regain control of my health, I started building more confidence at the same time. Mm, And so with every day that passed that I was being consistent, it made me ask, okay, well, what else can I do? What else can I do? What else can I do? So I just continue to follow my intuition at that point, and which led me to where we are today, me being on your show, which is <laughs> really special to me. <laughs> uh, so, so much of what you just said really hit home with me. Um, and and that, that's a perfect time for me to transition here to, I really want to explore the mindset of you specifically before your transformation. I mean, yeah. I, so, you know, I went through one and I know you train and kind of specialize in helping other people go through them and I've helped others go through them as well. But what, what do you identify as, I guess, like the main critical component or components that make up the mindset shift that is neat. This is pretty heavy. I, you know, I understand, but the the mindset shift that is needed to actually start pulling yourself out of that hole and yeah. going through that, that transformation. And by the way, for, for the listeners, not every transformation needs to be 150 pounds. Yes. Sometimes the tra- and I, I know you agree with this, but like some transformations like Dan's was only as far as the number goes, was only 30 pounds, but what he experienced mentally and yes. as a, as a whole, like as a whole person, mind, body, the whole package, was massive. And that's, that's what a real transformation is. Sometimes it is 150 pounds that you have to lose to get there, but sometimes it's not. Yeah. Anyway. And even if it's 30 pounds physically, it felt like 150 pounds mentally. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Everyone's magnitude of what they have to lose in order to get where they want to go is different. And how, you know, how someone who's super obese observes 150 pounds might be identical to how someone like you observed 30 pounds or someone else observes 50 pounds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, there was a quote that I heard in in an old Bob Marley song that he said, um, he said, he who feels it knows it basically. And the way that I interpret that is, you know, every man has his struggles, but his struggle is always the worst. And so, um, I definitely felt that as well. And so I guess to preface the, your your question, I think that first we've got to understand that the mindset behind all of this is the foundation. And, you know, when I share my story with people, um, everybody's so inspired by it because it was like uh, I was unfulfilled. I had this tra- traumatic thing happened. I found this instant motivation and here I am now on TV swinging around a Ninja Warrior and doing all this crazy stuff. But the, the truth is, is that that's just like the pretty polished version. And I want to be able to get really raw with you and share like what I had to go through in order for that to happen. So um, for the listeners right now, I want you to make sure that you're taking notes because like I said at the beginning of this, I'm committed to giving you everything that you need 
to start making this transition in your life. So please be ready. Number one, um, the thing with this is so many people message me every day, man. And, and without, without exaggerating, I probably get like nine to 10 new messages every day. And they're typically all people sharing stories or asking questions like, Hey, how can I lose five pounds? How can I eat healthier? How can I do this? How can I sleep better? Whatever it may be. I think there's a lot of value in those little tips and hacks and, and tricks, but what's really going to allow you to have transformation, especially over the long term, is actually the identity shifts that we need to make. These mindset shifts that need to happen at like a really visceral level for it to actually happen over the long term. And so I believe that there's five. I think there's five of them. And the first one is, is that this one's probably the most important is that you have to feel worthy. You have to feel worthy. And so the first one is that I am worthy of transformation. And, you know, if I think back on my own transformation, when I was at rock bottom, I didn't care about me anymore. You know, I, I told you, I felt alone. I felt so far gone. I was depressed. I was unmotivated. I felt helpless. And I think that if you're in this place that the majority of you feel the same way. But the truth is, is that your life is a reflection of your thinking and it begins with shifting your mindset. And so I think that we need to start with the belief that there's enough happiness, there's enough uh, joy, health, success, et cetera, for all of us. And so what I'd like you to write down for the listeners right now is that what's blocking me from succeeding is my difficulty with receiving. What's blocking me from succeeding is my difficulty with receiving. Like, look, great health is everywhere. Even in the even in the unhealthiest of places, there's an abundance of coaches, gyms, great podcasts like this one right now, health food stores, etc. They're everywhere. But transformation, it wants to flow. Great health wants to flow, but the thing is it needs something to flow into. So I ask myself, am I allowing it to flow into me or am I standing in my own way? I love it, man. Um, I, I think that you said worthy and that's the key word there. Yeah. Most people, I don't think, I don't, I, deep down, I don't think they think they are. Absolutely. Which is why they get there. Right. And yes, I don't think they even know how to even start thinking about how to become in a place where they believe that they're worthy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which actually ties right into the second identity shift. So if at this point in the game that you can't think of being worthy enough for transformation, well, this one is going to hit with you. So again, make sure that you're writing this down as well. The second identity shift is that I am responsible. Look, if you don't feel worthy, I understand that will change, but I understand but you have to be responsible. You are responsible for you. Like when I was 30 pounds overweight, the conversations with myself went something like this. Um, I don't want to exercise because I have no energy. Uh, I'm living at my mom's. I don't want to work out. I feel like crap. I'm unhappy. I hate my job because my boss is an asshole or, or I'm overweight because I can't afford healthy food. Like whatever these things are, whatever it is, not only are these excuses, but it's, it's literally deflecting ownership to everybody and everything else. Absolutely is. Yeah. But yeah, but the truth is it's not about what happened. It's about what's tolerated. 
Like in my situation, I'd blame the death of Coach C as the reason that I became unhealthy and overweight. And I became a victim of circumstance. And I think that so many of us become victims to these these external situations, some of which can be very traumatic. I'm not taking away from that. But we become stuck. But one of my mentors told me on a coaching call that we had, he said, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And when he said that, like it just, ah, just, it hit me so hard. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. And so in order to shift, we've got to be able to move away from victim to, to victor, I guess, the victor and realize that we're a product of our decisions, Gordon, not a victim of circumstance. And I think that by taking ownership that we can start accepting what is wrong in our life and then really start appreciating what is right because it's there. We've just got to look. So true, man. It's so true. Yeah, brother. Uh, yeah, I mean, you had a, I guess, a more reasonable excuse or a more reasonable thing to deflect upon than me. I, I blamed things like my, uh, my full-time college education. Oh yeah. Right. I'm too busy. I blamed yeah. my part-time job that I had on top of that. Yeah. Um, I blamed my. I blamed having to travel. 45 minutes to see my at the time girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, I, wow. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I have to drive 45 minutes and then, you know, we have to spend time together. So I can't, uh, I can't, I certainly can't get in a workout and you know, we're going to, I haven't seen her in four days. So we're going to, you know, go out to eat because it just, you know, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So make bad decision after bad decision. I always had a reason. And, yes. And that's everybody has that reason. How many times have you worked with a client or even just, talk to someone, not necessarily a client that told you I'm too busy or I got so much going on. <laughs> I know as a coach, you get that every day and it's, yes. it is laughable, right? I mean, you're laughing because it's, yes. it's true. Yes. And you know it, but you know, it's not real. <laughs> right. It's so true. And I hear it from some of the most successful people in the world. I hear it from millionaires. Yeah, you know, I work sure. with people that run big organizations that tell me they don't have enough time, but wait a second, wait a second. You're telling me that with all of the resources and the money and the manpower that you have, that you don't have time for a 30 minute workout, yeah. you know, but I, I don't necessarily like tell them that to their face. But what I understand is that they just haven't prioritized it That's enough right. That's to make exactly the time right. yep. because yeah. we all have the time, brother. We all have the time. <laughs> yeah. We all got the time. Yeah. Um, we always do. And then, and then meal choices is another big one. Yeah. That's another big one. Yeah. Certainly that doesn't take any extra time to choose to eat something else. Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, this is, this is like fundamental level stuff. When, when you're right, once they get past that, once they feel worthy, once they feel responsible, I love that you're articulating it that way. Cause once yeah. they realize that nobody can do it for them and they're responsible, yes. that it's yes. the, the empower is entirely up to them. It's in their control. Absolutely. And once we can get to that point where we take the responsibility, then comes the third identity shift that I think is important. And, and by the way, these aren't necessarily in order except for that first one. But I think that we've got to be growth minded. We've got to be growth oriented. You know, and, and I talk about this in the book that I just released a couple months ago, Peak Performance Past 30. Um, but shifting from this fixed mindset to a growth mindset is just one of these major, major keys. And if you've been in the space for any length of time you heard this, this is nothing new. But if you haven't, um, what do I mean by fixed? Fixed mindset 
um, sounds like, uh, you know, that's just who I am. That's just how it's always been. <laughs> that's how I was raised. But a fixed mindset tends to avoid challenges. Fixed mindset tends to give up easily. Fixed mindset sees effort as fruitless. It ignores feedback. It's, it's threatened by other people's success. It doesn't learn from mistakes. And the thing is, man, is that it's really this dangerous place to be because time seems to move even faster at this place. And before we realize it, a week has turned into a year, a year into five, five into 10. And then all of a sudden we're at the end of our life. And then the regret sets in. Oh, yeah. That's when it really starts to hit. But see, the opposite of that is that growth mindset I was telling you about. And a growth mindset means that you, you set your ego aside, you forget what you think you know, you're open to new ideas, new feedback, new possibility, et cetera. You're open to it because a growth mindset tends to embrace challenge. Growth mindset tends to uh, learn from feedback. It's persistent in the face of those setbacks. It sees effort as a path to, to mastery. And it finds lessons in the success of other people instead of seeing it as a threat. You know, and people may wonder if they're really growth minded or not. And it's like one of those like mind games that you play with yourself. Like, well, am I, am I really in this growth mindset or am I not? But I think that having that awareness right off the bat, dude, is like a great sign that you're, you're, you're on the right track. You know what I mean? Especially, especially if you're listening to this podcast because you're, you're actively working towards it. So don't be so hard on yourself. I think you're in the right place. <laughs> do you <laughs> do you think that people that it is binary to some extent? Like some people are literally not growth minded and some yeah. are. You do? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean like from like a like a genetic level, like they're just born that way? No, um, I don't. Maybe yeah. I mean I don't know if it's genetic or more like it's just so deep rooted you can't fix them or can't change. Yeah. Them. I don't. I yeah, don't I mean that's a good question, man. Um I think that everybody has the capacity to get better in just about every single aspect of their life, you know. But I think that first we've got to we've got to feel like we've got to believe that that we can be better. I think that's where it really starts, man, because if I think about my situation where I was, I'll be honest with you, man. I didn't I didn't even want to be alive. Like I just felt so worthless in every aspect of my life and I believed it. And so in that moment, I didn't think that change was possible for me. But when something finally happened and I was given this opportunity and I started to actually shift how I thought, then I realized like I'm more powerful than I give myself credit for, but I think it needs to start with that belief that change is possible. Mm, yeah. And, and that, that feeling of, of worthiness, right? Yeah. That feeling of worthiness, that feeling of, of loving myself, which actually is, is the fourth identity shift that we need to make. And that is, is that I am loving and appreciative. And honestly, man, like this should be the foundation of all of it. Like when I was going through my drama, I'll be honest, Gordon, I didn't hide it. I was, I was unhappy. I was unhealthy. I was overweight. And after talking with so many people who've experienced similar situations, I noticed a pattern. 
And that was that the the outside almost always matched the inside. Like how how we treated our body, our environment, our relationships was all a direct reflection of how we felt on the inside. Yeah. So true. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Yep. Like our thoughts about ourself were, <laughs> were like as unhealthy as the food that, that we had for lunch or whatever. <laughs> and what's crazy about this man is when we can start to shift to, to be a little bit more appreciative and loving of ourself, man, big things really start to happen. Like, and I'm sure you've seen this too, but, um, there's a, a, a video that I saw online where um, I think it was Gary V who was talking about the odds of actually being human, mm, being human. Yeah. He's like, he's basically saying, he's like, look, your odds of actually being human and watching this video are 400 trillion to one. And it was kind of like a funny way of, of, of talking about like appreciating yourself as a whole, but it really makes sense. It's like, you could have been this this like lampshade on a shelf. You could have been this rock in a garden. You could have been this, you know, you could have been whatever, but you're human. And I think that with that comes this responsibility to really take advantage of that. Yeah. Because you're not your you're not your weight. You're not your pants size or your, your unhappiness. You're not your current situation, man. You're not your flaws, your insecurities. Like that's not you. Those are all, those are all like bonus features. You (laughs) are the feature film. The real you is worthy, is responsible, is loving, is kind, is successful. It's all you. Like you are a unique expression of the universe, man. And realize that your misplaced affection is killing your freedom. It's killing your creativity. It's affecting the quality of your relationships. It's affecting the quality of your life, dude. And we got to make that shift. Sorry. <laughs> Are you sorry? No, that was, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah, that I, I have seen that 400 trillion to one thing and it made me laugh too. And and I think the time that I heard him say it, he, he said, uh, you know, you could have been, I think he was holding a bottle of water on stage and he's like, you could have been this yeah. bottle of water right here. And, um, and that, that oh, actually, yeah. Got, yeah. And that got me thinking too. And I, that, you know, the, the way I interpreted that and like the way it's very similar to what you said, but it's like, you know, you do only get one, you only do, you only get one shot. Right. And, yeah, one shot. and we won the ultimate lottery. And, you know, even if you're in the most like loser situation, you still won the lottery being Absolutely. born a human. And Absolutely. You know, man, if you're, well, I don't think it really matters where you're at, what situation you're in. Like you have the ability to do all these things that you just said, do yeah. identify yourself as being worthwhile and love yourself and, and develop a growth minded like perspective and, and be able yes. to grow and develop and change and enhance your abilities, enhance your, your, what you've learned and your creativity. And I just, it, you know, it, it does, it saddens me a little bit, but I understand why it more people aren't are capitalizing on all that on, on yeah. the, the opportunity that they have stumbled upon by being born a human being yeah absolutely and w- what's what the the silver lining there is that people like you and I with these platforms and this vessel that we've been given we get to then be that light for them we get to show them the way. We get to support them along the way. We get to get this message out there that helps them get out of that place. Yeah, that's the intent. 
that's the intent educate that's it. and try to make people aware of what's going on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And if you're in this place right now, if you're listening and you know, you're kind of in this place where you're, you're not seeing the light or you're just like stuck in this hole. And every time you try to take a step to pull yourself out, you just slide back to the bottom. One thing that really helped me in the beginning was realizing that I couldn't focus on the big goal. I couldn't focus on being healthy again and having a successful, happy lifestyle and making a bunch of money and helping a bunch of people. I couldn't focus there because I was nowhere near it. And so to give you some context, I work with a lot of people who come to me um, that want to lose a lot of weight. And when I say a lot, I mean like 100 plus pounds. And the first thing that I tell them is like, look, you don't have to lose 100 pounds. You don't have to lose 120 pounds. You just have to lose one pound. You just have to lose one pound. And so if you're listening and you're in that place, you just have to take one step. You just have to do one thing right now to move yourself in the right direction, whether that's a walk around the neighborhood, whether that's one happy thought, whether that's one healthy food item, whatever it is, you just got to do one thing at a time. So don't get overwhelmed with everything that you quote have to do. Yeah, that's so true. And yeah, actually, I, that's a, actually, you know, before I go into that, I can't quite tell if you were on four, did you get to your fifth punchline? I want to make the sure fifth one. focus on that. Yeah, the fifth one is actually um, one that I just realized recently, to be honest. Um, and this came up probably about two weeks ago. And the fifth identity shift of transformation is is also an affirmation at the same time. So I'd like you to write it like this. I am the most resourceful person I know. I am the most resourceful person I know. Let me ask you a question. Let's say that uh, you're on a road trip with your family and your car breaks down. I, I, hate, I hate when we always use like the car example for stuff, but it, <laughs> just, just follow me here for a second. Okay, bear with me. Yeah, we're good. You're, you break down. You're in the middle of nowhere. What are you going to do? Are you just going to leave the car and then like walk back to town and, you know, leave it there? You are going to find a way to get that car fixed. Like you are going to go out of your way. You are going to do everything you can and expel every last option possible to get that thing fixed. Why? Because it means that much to you because it is important because it is a priority because it is something that you fully believe in. You're not just going to leave the car out in the middle of nowhere. You know, I talk with a lot of people that are trying to regain control of their health that want to get in shape. But when it comes time to pull the, tr the trigger, they're like, you know what? I just, uh, I don't, I don't have enough time right now or, oh, I can't, you know, I can't come up with the resources for it, whatever it may be. But to give you another example, if, if somebody you loved was in a position where their life was on the line, would you figure out a way to make it happen so that they were able to have the care that they need? Yes, you would. If it meant that much to you, you would. You know, I, about two weeks ago, I was at a, um, I was at a Fourth of July parade, and my kid was in the parade. She's a gymnast, so she was doing this cute little baton routine. Well, it was really hot, and at the end of the parade, um, at the finish line or whatever, she was just like, "Dad, I'm thirsty. I need some water." And in that moment, I, 
I failed. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have any water for it, man. I'm going to be completely honest with you. But guess what? I am the most resourceful person that I know. So I started going around to everybody around me that I could. And I was like, hey, do you have any water? My kid's really thirsty right now. No, sorry, we don't have any. I would go to somebody else. I would ask the same thing. I would get shut down there. I would go to somebody else. Like, I didn't let it stop me, dude. And finally, <laughs> finally, I saw that there was like a mall next to where everybody was that I was talking to. And I saw a janitor right inside the mall doors. Well, remember it's the 4th of July. Everything's closed. I went over to the door and I started knocking on it and I'm like, Hey, my kid out here needs some water. She's super thirsty. It's really hot. We need to get inside this building. (laughs) And the janitor opened the door. He let us in. She got some water and you know, I was the hero in the moment. Oh, that's awesome, dude. And you're right. That's something that, anybody in that situation would would very likely do man you know i have a son he's six almost seven and i would do the exact same thing and everybody i know especially parents you know yeah would do that and i i i don't think okay so so i love this because i i know that you're right i know that people are the most creative and uh sharp and clever and resourceful people that they know Yes. And, and, and way more than most people give themselves credit for. Yes. And when it comes to taking care of your health and prioritizing your health, all it takes is to tap into that just a little bit to get yes. the ball rolling. And, and that, that, that will fix the things like I'm too busy or I've got this going on or, you know, I don't want to miss this show, you know, stuff like that, like <laughs> all that, right. It'll fix all of that. And then it just comes down to the basics. Like that's, that's, that's probably the hardest part, man. And then, yeah. and then after that, it's just, it's consistency and, you know, sticking to it and being patient with the process, whatever. But like, man, you're so right. Then And we yeah. are resourceful enough to make sure that we go to the dentist so that we don't, yeah. you know, end up with like some crazy tooth disease. We are yeah. resourceful enough to get most of us anyway, to get our physicals and go get our eyes checked and all this other stuff. We prioritize the the things that society says should be prioritized, but yes. we don't prioritize being like fit and taking care of ourselves, our cardiovascular health, uh, yeah. you know, building muscle mass, our BMI, all of that. That's like for some reason, not a priority. So we don't make it a priority. And so we don't it, tap into that resourcefulness to, to structure our schedules, to allow for it. Absolutely. And I had a conversation yesterday. Um, I was speaking to a group of uh, parents. I was speaking to a group of parents, and I purposely set them up for this question. <laughs> I love it. And I asked them, I said, What is most important to you in your life? You know what 99% of parents said? The health of my family. The health of my family. <laughs> the health of my kids. We didn't talk about that ahead of time, by the way. No, we didn't. <laughs> But that's ex- you're exactly right. That's what they said. And I told you, I set them up, Gordon. And then I asked them, I said, well, what about you? <laughs> why, why, would you why are you putting yourself second to somebody else? Now, granted, I get it. I'm a parent. Yeah, I sure. get it. Right. My kids are important. But how am I going to be able to give to my family and my kids on the level that they deserve if I put myself second, it's not being selfish. It's about being responsible. I think it's the opposite. Yeah. It's the exact opposite. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I set them up. That's awesome. I love that dude. (laughs) And you know what? Those moms and dads, they are all members of that family. 
So, yes. you know, you only want to play that card. It's like, well, yes. you know, you, your family's health is the most important thing too. You're a member of that family. So it should Absolutely. be equivalent, you know. That's so true. You're right. But we're also supposed to be leaders and lead by example and demonstrate by example and all that. And so, you know, if you aren't, well, I mean, I could, I could really spin off here. I'm not going to, but real quick, as yeah, a parent, please. you know, like, if we don't spend time investing in ourselves and our health, not, not just money, time, spend that time making sure that we prioritize health and that our kids, they'll see that they'll, it'll, it'll make sense to them innately, basically without even having to explain it to them. They'll just see it. They'll observe it. They'll absorb it. And then it'll become the norm. It'll be their normal. Absolutely. That, you know? And, um, I don't think, you know, I don't think parents realize that they, they just, they just don't. And, uh, again, yeah. I'm, I'm really holding myself back here, which is why I'm fumbled with my words because the, <laughs> the parenting conversation is one I'm very, very passionate about. Yes. But anyway, that's, uh, yeah. And a lot of parents don't want to be told how to parent, but I think really like if we could, if we could boil it down to one thing is to realize that, um, the way that we were raised is sometimes the way that we choose to raise our kids. And that's not always the best way to go about it. So true. And so the true. reason I say that is because, you know, my my parents are immigrants. And so their idea of raising kids is much different than how I choose to raise them, only because um, I think of the consciousness that I developed around it, meaning like it's not necessarily their fault that they raised me that way. That's just that's just all they knew. That's the the upbringing that they were given. But I think that we have the opportunity to do better and to do better, meaning by putting ourselves first so that, that we can in turn give to our family at a, a much deeper, more meaningful level. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, listen, you touched on something earlier, like I don't know, maybe it was a while ago, uh, but I want to revisit it. And I don't remember exactly how you were. You were talking about your transformation. You were talking about how you were making small steps. Yeah, and those small steps were slowly one day at a time, one hour yes. at a time, changing your mindset and your perspective on things. Yeah. Okay, so I built this whole platform based upon really one core pillar, which is of belief. It's like a belief system, I guess, that I've developed over the time, over time. And and what that really is is, and that's why it's called the strength of body and mind, is because I believe that you know our mindset fuel as far as fitness and health goes our mindset really is the governing agent over all of it and once that is established that people can then very easily because they're in the right mindset make all the the right actions to move forward and develop a better health a better a better level of health and yeah. increase their fitness and then that in turn almost in a like a feedback loop cycle continues to just boost that mindset and the positivity and the self-belief and the self-confidence and self-esteem, which then just fuels more like fitness advancement and, uh, and increasing yeah. that level of health. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, this is another example you hear a lot and, and that's like building a house. Like you're talking about the mindset being like the foundation. You wouldn't start framing a house on sand, mm -hmm. right? So you've got to have that firm foundation and you're so right. The mindset has to be the first thing because everything then builds on that. So in terms of like tangible action steps, um, let me share this with you. Now, let me, again, going through all of my drama, 
uh, I was like at this point where I was, uh, I was embarrassed about where I was living at my mom's 30 pounds heavier because I used to be the fit guy. You know, I used to be the pro football player, the college football player, <laughs> like known as the athlete. But now all of a sudden I feel like a piece of crap. Yeah. And so in that moment, I was just embarrassed and I didn't want to be seen by people. I didn't want to have to have that conversation. Oh, what happened to you? So talking about like sm some of the small things I did initially that really helped to take me to the next level and the next level is remember when I was telling you that I got off the phone with my friend Ryan and I was like super pumped because I just got my first client. Remember that I told you that? Yep. My anxiety dude was through the roof at that point, <laughs> through the roof. And so I did the only thing that I could in that moment. And I knew I needed to get back in shape. I needed to be doing more because I couldn't be that guy, that fat guy that was training somebody else to get in better shape. Like, like how, like that's bad advertising. <laughs> how am I going to be out of shape and teach you how to be in shape? Like it didn't work. Uh, it's bad I, advertising. I would just, yep. it's terrible advertising. I did the only thing that I could in that moment. And I just started running. Like I, I got off the phone. I changed really quick and I just started, I went straight to the mountains Awesome. And I just started running. And now granted, it wasn't a long run. <laughs> it was like like half mile. But I just started running right away. Because number one, I didn't want to go to a gym where I would have to be in front of people and have that conversation. So I just I, I separated myself from people in the beginning. So I went to the mountains, I started running. And here's what was really powerful about the mountains. And I'm going to share this every chance that I get. If you don't run, you need to start running. Even if, even if, even if it's hiking, I don't care. But if you have the opportunity to get out in nature, do it, get off of the pavement, get out into the woods. Like there's just something so magical, so, so special about being in nature that really helps you to reconnect with, with yourself. And what I found was that all day long, 24 hours out of the day, I was feeling like crap from everything that had happened. But this one hour that I would spend in nature. I just yeah. felt, I just felt free, dude. Yeah. And so you're saying specifically outside, specifically in nature, outside, in yeah. nature, in the sun, off the pavement. E even if you don't have nature around you, do you have some grass? Yeah. Yes, you do. Go get on some grass, <laughs> uh, grass, a beach. I mean, a road, yes. anything. It doesn't matter. I, I'm with you actually. I, cause I hate running personally. Yes. Yes. Uh, I hate most car forms of cardio. I'm not going to lie, yeah. but, but one thing I do love is pretty much what you described. So hiking in the woods or, yeah. um, or even running in the woods, running in some sort of nature. Like there's more to that. You get more return on that. There's more ROI than just the calories burned. So much, yeah. you know, you get, if I, we could take it to a science thing for a minute, but, but two, two big things are happening in your body while you're out running, while you're out hiking, when you're in nature, number one is you're just getting that good hormone release, that serotonin and dopamine and adrenaline, all of those feel good hormones start to flow through your body. So you instantly just feel rejuvenated and just feel more alive. But another thing too is your lymphatic system is getting a boost. And if you're unsure about what that is, your lymphatic system is basically like your body's waste removal system. Now here's the thing about the lymphatic system though, is that unlike your heart, 
it's not like a it's not like a pump system like a two-way pump where you could just be standing still and it's pumping through you getting rid of all of this waste that your body creates the only way that your lymphatic system moves and works is if you move so every step that you take every time you step a foot down that in turn gets the lymphatic system moving and the more it moves, the more that your body clears itself of this waste that you build up. So if you think about all of this waste that just sits in our body every single day and doesn't get expelled like it should be, think about how much negativity and how much stress and you know all of these extra uh, you know things that just float around that are holding us down. Yeah, make so note I, of that, guys. It's not it's not going to operate at full efficiency. No, just just no. walking around, you know the grocery store and like oh. walking to work and driving, you know, it's, it's not enough. You no, know, it takes a lot more. Yeah, for sure. So that was the first thing I did is I just got into nature and I just started spending time to myself. It really helped. Now the second thing, because I wasn't really putting myself around people, I was embarrassed to be around people is I needed to start thinking better and I didn't really know where to start. So what it, it, it transitioned into is when I started running, I was just listening to nature at the time. But then I started bringing music into my runs in the woods. And, you know, I'd been listening to, to like reggae music since high school, man, since forever. But when I brought reggae music into the woods, when I was running, that changed everything. Because reggae <laughs> music... Reggae music is so much more than, than smoking weed and doing drugs. Reggae music is all about positivity and upliftment and self-reliance and brotherhood. Like there's so much more to it. And when I started running and getting that release of good hormones and my body started feeling better and now I've just infused this, 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 this reggae music and this positive word in my ears with every single step. Do you know how good that felt? <laughs> I can only imagine, man. Did that propel you to the next level? That is what catapulted me out. Yeah. And that's why now if you watch my videos online, that's why I got reggae music in all my videos, man, is because I'm trying to channel that same energy with the message that I'm that I'm speaking on to you. Because that's what the effect that it had on me was. It was so positive. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, brother. Um, and even now to this day, is that still kind of your go-to like recipe? Absolutely. You step outside, that you got your your iPhone or whatever, something yeah. like reggae, you know, something with that, that positive yeah. vibe. Yeah. That's why I got these, these dreadlocks down in my butt, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm in the mountains three days a week right now, man. And, and mountain running has since become my biggest personal passion outside of the work that I do. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. Absolutely. Um, so before we try to ramp this down, um, what, what is your, your current coaching situation, training situation? So I work with high performers and entrepreneurs online and my company, the high performance health Academy is an online school to help entrepreneurs regain control of their health, master their body so that they can create their biggest impact in the world within 90 days. And how's that going? It's great, man. Amazing. It's been a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been an incredible experience. Like we basically 
bring in people who are ready to change their their situation. They're ready to regain control of their health and make bigger impact in the world and be able to scale and, and improve their influence and their impact. Like right now, the people that come in are people that have created big businesses or have generated like some sort of success in their in their career, but they have no health to enjoy it. They've got all the resources in the world, but they have no quality of life to enjoy it. Are these, the, the majority of the people you take on, are they, or your team, are they people that are not experienced in fitness, not experienced in weightlifting? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what's so great about it is a lot of the people that come through are starting at the bottom. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, they, they don't stretch. They rarely exercise. I mean, exercise to some people is like, you know, walking to the car in the morning to get to the office or whatever it is that they go and that's it. Okay. So this is perfect because I want you to really quickly explain why you think the ROI on a trainer that you don't train with in person every day is more valuable than having that person there for one hour every other day at 6am walking you through rep by rep, set by set. Yeah. Well, you just answered the question yourself, two parts. The first one is the one hour every other day. That's the first thing. Working with a coach online, you have access to that person at all times. You're in a community with people, like-minded people all the time. You're able to receive feedback all the time. As opposed to just like outside of that one hour window that you're working with somebody in person, Chances are you may not get much contact with that person outside of your time because because what are you doing? You're paying somebody for that hour and then the job is done. Yes, that's right. And I think that that's a, a big reason why the, the personal training industry is failing right now is because we're underserving our people. And I'm not a personal trainer per se, but I am in the business of helping people. So – we're not giving them the time and the attention that they really need for transformation to stick over the long term. And the second thing that you said was following them set by set, rep for rep. It's so much more than just fitness. Oh, it is. It is. You know, like yeah. when I was working in a fitness setting, when I was actually a personal trainer in a gym and I worked with somebody for an hour at a time, that's great. They may get incredible results with me in person because we're focused on fitness. But what happens when I step away? What happens when we stop working together? Chances are that person is going to go right back to doing what they did before because we didn't address the reason that they're there in the first place. And that's because you're not solving the problem. We're not solving the problem. It's a Band-Aid solution, man. We're treating the symptom, not the cause. So the biggest reason to work with a coach online is because of the mindset work that's done behind it. That's the difference between personal trainer and fitness coach. You are coaching them on their mindset. You're not just training them personally. That's right. Not training their body. (laughs) So in the academy, we talk about that. We talk about the mindset, the, the habits, the behaviors, the beliefs, the routines. We talk about all of that stuff and we do it every single day. And you just can't find that, that type of service and support anywhere. I love it, man. So this is someone, for you guys who are listening, this is someone, Dan, who takes people who have never worked out, people who have never made fitness a priority in their life. They're not already experienced with yeah. how to do various exercises. They're not already experienced with 
with the OPT model from, you know, NASM, right? All that stuff. <laughs> they yeah. don't know all that stuff. And yet Dan is able to take them without ever sitting with them in person and showing them how to do the bench press for the, the right way. And yeah. take them from where they're at, at their lowest of low, and, and move them to where they really want to go and fix the actual problem, solve the actual problem. And they can do yes. that remotely. It doesn't have to be in person. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that model is just, <laughs> it's so 1980s. It is 1980s. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it hasn't changed in 30 years. No, it hasn't. It's just the way that it's delivered is changing. And honestly, it's it's better for everybody involved because if you're somebody that's on a tight schedule already, can you leave in the middle of the day to get to the gym to work with somebody? Probably not. Are you going to want to work with somebody when you get done with your day at 8 a.m. or excuse me, 8 p.m.? Probably not. Besides that personal trainer is either already booked at that time or he's not, he or she is not available. So the beauty of this is you get to do the trainings when you have the time, when you make the time. Yeah. It's on your schedule. So it's actually a benefit to both parties. It opens up so much more flexibility. So much more. Yeah. And not only that, but you, you're in a, you're surrounded by a community of people that are doing the same rad things that you are. Yeah. <laughs> and so the opportunity for building these relationships is there that you just don't get working with somebody one-on-one. That's it, man. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. I'm glad we yeah. got into that. Um, that wasn't planned, but I'm, I'm glad we dove into that because I think yeah, it's definitely. very, very important. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are shy about it in the beginning. Like, well, I don't know what to expect or I don't know if it's the right fit. Trust me. Oh, it's the right fit. <laughs> it's, if you have Wi-Fi, it's the right fit. It's the right fit. Yeah, all you need is a smartphone, really. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, I am going to ramp this down, but I do want you to provide um, some parting words, right, from someone who's in your position, who's been there, done that, but also teaches other people how to be in that position of been there, done that. So, you know, what would you say to somebody who is in that situation or close to that situation where they are at their, I guess I'll say, lowest of lows, that low point? Yeah. I want you to know right off the bat that there is always room for growth. There's always room to get better. There's always a, 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 a shimmer of light there. You just have to look for it. And when you can stop thinking about what all is going wrong in your life and start thinking about what is going right, you will find that shimmer of hope, that, that shimmer of light. But you've got to start shifting how you think. It's all about how you think. There are so many things right now that are out of your control. But the two things that are and in this order are, number one, your thoughts, and number two, your body. And those are the things that you need to focus on first. And if I can add one more thing in there, don't be overwhelmed that feeling like change is going to take time, that it's going to, it's going to be six months, a year down the road before you start to change. No, change is instant. Change happens the, the, the moment that you have the thought, because in that moment, you then start to take action. And when you take action, that's the change. And the more consistent that you are with the thought and taking action on the thought, the more that change happens and at a quicker pace. So focus on what you can control, your thoughts 
in your body. Hmm. Very powerful, man. That's good stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff. All right. Um, you know, I feel like we should probably do this again in the future because I'm so I, open to it. I could probably go on for another like 90 minutes nonstop. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but this has been great. So thank you so much for being the first and probably first for a long time guest on this podcast. Uh, I certainly appreciate it. And um, I know the audience is going to appreciate it too. So thanks again, brother. I really, it's, it means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I received that. Thank you for having me. And I, I hope that I was able to deliver to the listeners. Um, thank you so much for, for all your note taken and, and your attention here. It really does mean a lot to me. And I would love to be able to hear your story as well. So, you know, if, if you'd like, I'm, I'm available on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Dan Holgan on both spots. Share your story with me. I'd love to be able to connect with you. I'll put all Dan's contact info <laughs> in the show notes. I make sure. Yeah. And uh, Dan, just for everyone who's listening to Dan's a, he's a great dude. I've reached out to him when he had no idea who I was. And I just started talking to him and I was shocked to see he actually was responding to me, answering questions yeah. and like throwing out little tidbits of information and stuff that I just never really expected. And be quite honest with you, most people don't take the time to do that unless they think yeah. there's some kind of ROI there, you know? Yeah. Um, so I can attest to that. So Dan's a great dude. Definitely reach out to him. Thing. Thank you, brother. I'm just a reflection of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean it. <laughs> All right, dude. Uh, cool. Well, thanks so much again, man. Appreciate it. And um, I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Thanks again. All right. See you, man. I hope you guys got a ton of value out of listening to that conversation with Dan. Uh, I know I got a ton of value out of having the conversation with Dan. And even now when I reflect back to the conversation or when I even talk to Dan over like Facebook or Instagram or something or email, I, I can recall what it what it felt like to have that conversation with him. I mean, Dan's a very powerful speaker and you're hearing it secondhand, so to speak. You're hearing it recorded. Well, having that conversation in person is different. I mean, Dan speaks with a lot of authority, a lot of organic communication uh, methods and, and everything is just, it's just natural. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's deep and there's a lot of empathy there. And, um, he's just, he's just really a great guy, right? Really, really meaningful conversation. And I believe that Dan exists to help people. I believe that it's not just something he decided to do one day, but that that is like his purpose. Um, he exists to help people transform mentally, physically, and to just basically continuously seek their best self. So uh, anyways, tag someone that you know that needs to hear this message and needs to hear this podcast with Dan Holguin. And uh, if you got any value out of this whatsoever, please go over to iTunes and subscribe to us, of course, to listen to future podcasts and be notified, but also leave us a rating and review. It would mean everything to me personally and the podcast itself. So uh, with that, guys, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for checking it out, and I will talk to you in the next episode. See you.